Ain't no kumbaya tonight. It's cowabunga dude night. Going from kumbaya to cowabunga. Walking on eggshells ministries. <laughs> we'll just let that fresh light whack everybody. It's good to see you whacked in the fresh glory light from heaven with no leaven in the eleven of God. Amen. Eleven of God. The eleventh hour of our glory power. Awesome. In splendor is he obtaining complete totality of angelic victory. <laughs> you guys got yourselves a real interesting church. It's prophetic, man. We're very, very prophetic and a little pathetic. Mostly prophetic. But... Ain't nobody boasting about being perfect around here. See, a little mixture of pathetic and the prophetic keeps you humble. <laughs> well, God's having a great day. And I know He's in you. And we're going to synchronize your souls and your flesh to God. God is, the Bible says it, light. Remember when Jesus said that? They call that the red letter ministries. Just happens to be what we're called. Jesus actually named his uh, Bible after us. Okay. Not funny. <laughs> we are total copycats of Jesus Christ. Anything original? Yeah. Pioneering from the beginning. But it's from Jesus. Jesus is the pioneer of salvation. Now Jesus is wild and Jesus is outside of every charismatic Pentecostal hooting and hollering, rolling on the ground on fire saint in the world. Even the freest saints are not capable of comprehending the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ right now in his current state. Which means you will press the envelope of your offense every day until the envelope is burnt away and then the next stack of envelopes and then a stack after that until you're not an envelope city anymore. You're in just complete and total crystal palaces and those will change around you as well from one degree of glory 
to a greater degree of glory by the exact same Spirit that was on Jesus, who is the Lord of glory, the seven spirits of God, the Lord of spirits, and He is madly in love with you in a very, very holy of holies way, which is incomprehensible to the unrenewed mind. The unrenewed mind applies divinity through the box of the fallen nature. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the carnal mind comprehends not the things of the spirit, nor can it because they're only spiritually discerned. For the, the carnal mind wars against the spirit, but we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is transfiguring our carnal mind by metamorphosis to have our flesh mind synchronized with the rainbow mind of God the Father so that your flesh and blood are flowing in light of the heavenly glory without opposition to anything God's doing today. There is a flow when you are refined in fire. There is an effortless floating. There's a groove. It's an even flow. It's a river of life. It's the way, the truth, and the life going to the Father through Jesus Christ. Jesus said the whole purpose of Him coming to earth was that through Him, you would go to the Father. Not just sit there and study about Jesus in yourself, but take yourself and everything wrong with yourself and everything good with yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and some perfect stuff that's been totally glorified in you. Whether you know it or not, there's perfect stuff in the born-again spirit. We're often buried under soulish stuff, fleshly stuff, and the devil is an accuser, so he's pointing out stuff in us that's not perfect saying you're disqualified from the heavenly calling. No, the only people qualified from Genesis to Revelation were sinners who stopped sinning when they learned they're qualified not by works, but by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and obedience to His Word and following the Lord of glory. They qualified themselves, these fishermen, tax collectors, Matthew, tax collectors, prostitutes, Mary Magdalene and others, Mary of Bethany, do they know that this woman is unclean? Do they even know who this woman is? That's what the Bible says. Didn't matter. They were following the Master. And as you follow Jesus, you are clean. What did Jesus Christ say? Because you've heard, listened, and obeyed my word, you are clean. His word is not burdensome. His word is not stressful his word is light amen that's written in john chapter one that's scripture now in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was with god in the beginning how it tells you as light the word of god is light i'm not going to read john chapter one to you you can read that in your own time but the Word is God, and the Word is light, and sinners hated God's light because it exposed their works were evil. 
So what is evil? What is darkness? What is righteousness? What is light? Words full of God's light or words full of Satan's darkness or religious darkness or selfish or self-focused darkness. A religious spirit can only operate out of self-focus. That's why scripture says, keep your eyes, your focus on Jesus, the author and, if you want to get it perfected, perfecter of your faith. Stuff will get perfected in your life as you keep your eyes off your wife. Holy! Stuff will get perfected in your life as you stop practicing strife. Holy! Stuff will get perfected in your life and it'll get easier and easier every day when your eyes are on Jesus in every way. Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of Jesus it is written. So, we try to do things even in our own spirit. You know, the, the angels are spirits. Hebrews 1. How many of y'all know the angels are dependent as spirits to the Word of God? They won't even move for an eternity unless they get a word from God. There's nothing you could say. There's nothing the devil could say. Angels will never leave their post after they watch what happened to Lucifer and the angels. Never going to happen. <laughs> They're more stubborn than ever. They have watched the destruction of one-third of their kind, and you can't get them to move no matter how much you pray fast and drink the blood and are in the drunken glory or read the Bible or watch Enoch on YouTube or the revealing, the unveiling on YouTube, available in the Red Letter Ministries YouTube channel now. <laughs> and it's amazing. It still won't move the angels. Unless God the Father says so. And he says a lot of stuff every day, so they're always moving. Oh, they're moving wildly. They're moving to the Word of God. And we must also, if we are, to learn how easy and how light the gospel truly is. Now, the gospel that Christians often get involved in after they're born again is a gospel where they're the worker and the word is not the worker. Where they're the striver and the word's not the one doing the striving. Now, you have to participate. There is a sacrifice of the soul. There's a sacrifice of the flesh. There's a sacrifice of your eternal spirit part of you. But the work and the energy comes from a source outside of your own spirit, soul, mind, and body. It's called knowing God. The intimate revelation of the knowledge of the Father of spirits. Ephesians 1.16 The Father of your light. And the more you know Him separated from your own spirit, your own soul and personality, your own flesh and bloodline, the happier you will be. It's like Enoch. Enoch, the Bible says, only started walking with God when he was 65 years old. So think about that. You're doing better than Enoch right now. Most of you are younger than Enoch. You're literally doing better than Enoch. 
If you can receive it tonight, it is the truth anyhow. Some of you are startled by my encouraging words as if I didn't love you perfectly the whole time. I thought you were a drill sergeant. You thought wrong. You thought very wrong. It's still in your brain. When you're in your spirit, the Bible says God is all things to all people. So when godliness increases in your spirit, if you need to be a drill sergeant, you're a drill sergeant. If you need to be a chef, it's gourmet. If you need to be a housekeeper, it's spotless. If you need to be a car cleaner, it's spotless. If you need to be a car builder, it's 1400 freaking horsepowers on superchargers. And it's chromed out. And I think you better recognize. Autobahn Jesus, man. I don't know what kind of Jesus you got. I have NASCAR Jesus. Mm-hmm. NASCAR Jesus, drive fast. Very fast. Fast and the furious. Part 888. Amen. And it is great. Jesus. Here's the deal. Some of you lack the prophetic nature of the freedom of the sapphire stick. Some of you don't know how to walk on sapphire pavement, which means you're not living consistent, consistently in river freedom. There needs to be a consistency in river, river freedom. In Jesus' name. There needs to be prophecy and prophetic ability in the glory of the freedom of the Son of God in your hearts, in your minds, and in your flesh. Prophecy is freedom. Amen. Which means if you're not wise in the language of God's prophetic nature, then the letter is sealed to you and you can't understand the scriptures, which means you can only be as saved as you understand with your heart, soul, mind, and body the Word of God. Called the Gospel of God. What's the Gospel of God? The revealing of the Word of God. Who's King of Kings the Lord of Lords? The Bible says in Revelation 19, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is Jesus, the Word of God. So if the Word of God is not alive in you, salvation is not through and through. And so your ideas about God are blocking you from encountering Him in His realms of glory. Where he dwells. The Bible says God dwells in Zion in his glory. Which means in his light. God is light. The Bible calls it light within light. And there is no darkness at all. And there is no fall. Just resurrection glory. Now, if you can receive it, 
It's in you. It's in you. You have it in your spirit. And you're not separated. Your mind is simply unrenewed. Okay? The Bible says transfiguration or salvation to the soul and flesh comes from the mind becoming increasingly aware of God's glory inside the heart. But if you don't know God in you and you're condemned by your own sin and you're condemned by the accuser of the brethren, you have put up a wall of fantasy to separate you from the reality of God. So sorcery is fantasy. Sorcery is make-believe Christianity and a make-believe veil that Jesus has already torn in half and destroyed the veil of every word that has the full ability of working in your spirit today as the day of salvation and hearing God's word, not putting up a veil, which is disagreement to God's word glorified in Zion. Amen. And that is wisdom, but that is simple. That is understanding how the gospel is already glorified, already perfect. Now just getting it working by your head, submitting to your spirit and the word in your spirit and letting it change your soul, letting it change your personality, letting it change your perspective, your vision and your eyes, and letting it change your thoughts and change your mind. Repentance is the changing of the mind to agree with God, but it's a degree of light that you're in agreement with God. The angels come with measuring rods, the Bible says, to see if there be faith in the earth. That's Jesus Christ's red letters. When I come, will I find faith in the earth? What's earth? Your flesh. Is there faith in your flesh? Is there faith in your soul? By believing God's word and by faith activating what that word is inside the treasury of God the Father in heaven. What is treasure in heaven? Agreeing with God at the same level that God's word is working in the third heaven. Truth anyhow, in the third heaven, the treasury of God is the faith of the word of God that God believes in himself. Any area where you believe anything less than God's belief systems, you are currently under a curse because you're in disagreement to the word of God. We need you to repent and agree that God's word is truth. And every person that disagrees with it, which is us and then others once we're sanctified, is a liar. So you're lying to yourself when you're in disagreement with the word. Stop deceiving yourself. A lot of people lie to themselves constantly and they live in a delusion of the lies that they believe and speak over and over and meditate on in their own souls. Those are called strongholds.
Sailor. Oh, we're dealing with strongholds tonight, brethren. Better turn the music back up. This song's called Waiting Here. How long will you wait here? Forever. These gates wait forever. These are eternal gates. The Bible says the gates can never be closed. Scripture says the gates of Jesus Christ on earth can't be closed. What can happen is you disagree with the word of that gate. You disagree with the keys to open the doors and the keys of the words of God, the belief systems of God, the revelations of God that open the windows of the storehouses of the blessings of heaven. And I will send down showers in season of the word of God through your souls and through your flesh. And every belief system that you have will be completely in agreement with God's faith. Oftentimes we separate ourselves from God. You know what that is? Unbelief. When you are deceived, you put up a veil in your own soul. So what we need is revelation of the Word of God and the working of the power of God's own Word as it works in heaven, so let it work on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray, which means when you speak, let your words be on earth as they are in heaven. And behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom to close up doors in heaven that no one can open and open up doors on earth that no one can close. What is that? Learning how to talk in agreement with what God the Father of all fatherhood believes in. And if you're speaking anything else than what God's speaking, you're putting up veils over your spirit. It's like heaping dust on your head. They did that in the Old Testament. They'd heap dust on their head. What does it represent? Covered in sin. Sackcloth and ashes. Look at my sins. It symbolized a people, when a person repented, they'd cover themselves with dust. David does it in the Bible. Thousands and thousands of people did it in the Old Testament, representing acts of repentance through the confession and revealing of the dirt they heaped on themselves that separated them from the Holy Spirit. And they were granted, many of them, David clearly, best example in the Bible, granted repentance, which means the removing of the dirt and the dust of the sin that you heaped upon your own soul and flesh when you disagreed with God and anytime you disagree with God, it'll have negative actions automatically. When you disagree with the belief systems of the Father, your behavior will be darkness. And when you agree with God, which is repent, and when you believe the same things God the Father believes in, in all of His light, in all of His favor, in all of his love and joy and peace, in all of his prosperity and health, 
when you agree with God's word in heaven, your behavior on earth automatically changes. That's why scripture says, as a man believes in his heart, so is he. As a person confesses with their mouth, his words will be his judges, it is written. And so the behavior automatically transforms with the belief systems of the words believed and obeyed in your heart. So oftentimes you know you're supposed to believe me because I'm the high and mighty apostle of Red Letter Ministries. And I agree with you, Brandon. Only superficially, that word is not yet activated and working in my life. And so we put on masks, we put on external appearances. Sometimes it's the exact opposite. We're always whimpering. Sometimes it's just people are actually going from glory to glory. We call that the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the wild fudge crackers. Amen. I love fudge. On graham crackers. Ooh, now we're talking. Don't send me any chocolate, though. This one person did bring fudge to Joel's bar. What was that from? Pennsylvania or something? Oh, my God. Whoever that was, if you're watching, I'll take some of that for Christmas. Thank you. You guys doing all right? See, now the Word of God is trying to loose you from other words. Jesus said, the only thing wrong with you my disciples, you love Jesus, you believe in Jesus, why isn't your life as glorified as Christ's life at the right hand of God? Walking in the Word. They overcame the devil by the Word of God, the Bible says. Revelation 12, 11, not loving their life. What does that mean? Not loving their own little belief systems. Where I have to believe some certain stuff, I gotta believe some cultural stuff. You can't be a disciple and have your own belief systems. You can't be a disciple. You can't even be a real Christian and have your own words. I don't know what kind of fake Christianity is being marketed out there, but it's not in the Bible. The Bible says, I no longer live the life I now live. I live by Christ living through me, which means I've yielded my rights to have an opinion, to have a vocabulary other than what God's saying. Ephesians 5, 1, like well-beloved children imitate their father in word and speech, in action and deed, which means I don't have an originality. I have a father. Jesus said, I am not original. That's right. He says, I only do what I see my father doing. If Jesus only did what his father was doing and only said what his father was saying, we need to do the exact same thing all day long. And when we do, we'll be as happy as He is. We'll be as healthy as He is. We'll be as glorified as He is. We'll be as heavenly as He is. He was so heavenly that nobody could touch Him. Nobody could do any harm to Him. You understand, even the harm they intended for Him instantly turned into blessings. When you are walking with God the Father as closely as Jesus of Nazareth, who shows us the way, who shows us the way to the Father with His words, with His actions, 
with his grace, how to interpret Moses. Israel had to learn how to reinterpret Moses. They didn't know. They were wrong about everything because of religious spirits. Jesus taught Israel how to interpret the law, how to interpret the prophets, how to interpret the psalmists, how to live life as the Word because He is the Word of God. You are learning how to live in your mere youth, mostly under 65, so you're doing better than Enoch. Just remember to tell yourself that. Next time the devil comes and says, I misunder- you misunderstand the boot camp drill nature, sergeant nature of Red Letter Ministries, and I just beat myself up. No, beat the devil up. Don't beat you up. Beat the devil out of you. Beat the sin out of you. The Word of God is a sword to cleanse your DNA. And you don't have to be a certain way. You can be what the Word is changing you to be. You are not me. You are you. As the Word hits you, you're going to have a different reaction than me because you're different DNA. And we can both be right in the same body. You don't all have to be the head. When Paul was dealing with infants in Christ in Corinthians, he's like, all of you are trying to be the head. You're all trying to be Paul. He rebuked them because they were totally deceived. You are not called to be Paul. You're called to be you. We already got one Paul. That's enough. You need to hear that. We need one of you in your glorified state. It's true. You definitely don't want another Brandon. You don't want another Rebecca. We want another you perfected in light. Because then your life is heaven. Your life is an open heaven. You are a light. You are a lamp. You are a lighthouse. This is how it works, guys. You need to find out the part you are in the body by the mirror reflection of reading and understanding the Word of God in the power of the light of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives light, it is written. The Spirit of God is the manifest privilege of the blood of Jesus. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from all sin and oppression. Freedom from fear. Freedom from sickness and disease. Freedom from agitating passions and moral conflicts. Freedom from hormones. Oh, got your attention now? Bible says the prophet can see into the bedroom. Trust me, prophets ain't looking. Nasty. We're looking at Jesus, but there is a judgment of light like a flood through the secret places where you're still hiding in the desires of your heart that still tend towards lust and not holiness. Woo! I can feel that. Listen, holiness is better than lust. You can believe it up here. You haven't experienced it. That's why you still lust. Truth and yeah. I know from experience. All of you have the same experience. It's called the experience of Jesus. All of us come out of total animal depravity. You could be a carnal apostle, 
You could be a perfect external Christian. You could be a 70-year-old Anna praying in the temple as a virgin dedicated to the Lord as two months old in your mother's womb and you never left the temple and you pray in tongues 16 hours a day. You know, that's probably the best example you can think of. Where, I mean, you're like perfect externally. Perfect. A perfect Anna temple. And you never got into rebellion. You never cussed or smoked a cigarette. You never chewed tobacco or hung out with girls that did either. You never sinned. You never lied. You never exaggerated. You didn't even steal an eraser in kindergarten. You've honored and loved everyone perfectly from birth with all of your flesh. But you're earthly, so you're a total sinner. You understand that? Anna is a sinner. She prayed constantly. Why? For the sins of Israel to be removed by a Messiah because you can't lift off the earth except through Jesus, the sheep gate to the Father. We're talking about a woman widowed at a very young age, probably 16, probably a teenager. Culture back then, they got married at 13, by the way. 14, 15, common in ancient Israel. All ancient civilizations were like that, so don't look at me like that. A lot different today. We're a lot more mature. Just look at the internet. Yeah, right. We judge ancient times because we think we're real modern and intelligent. We've gotten dumber. We've de-evolved. And I'm not saying go back into child marriages. I'm saying go back into ancient wisdom and become like the angels. You have a woman that prayed in the temple. Scripture says she never left the temple night or day. She had a bathroom inside the 24-7 IHOP prayer closet. 24-7 prayer of ancient Israel. And the Bible says she never left the temple night or day praying for the Messiah to save Israel, which means she did nothing wrong externally. All she did was intercede and pray. But she couldn't save herself. She couldn't lift off the earth. She couldn't transfigure. She couldn't do anything. A total dependence on Messiah. And as a baby, what did all that prayer do for her? Sanctify her senses to recognize one greater than herself. So when a baby was put in her hands, my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. Get your eyes off yourself. Prayer is taking I out of self. Prayer is taking the focus off of you, your money, your work, your cares, your future. Listen, the only future we have, Anna knew, was in Messiah. So she never left a little tiny room. Think about it. 70 years, probably. 70 years in the same room. I've only been in this room, what, 16 years. And I'm not in the room 24-7. She was in the room called the temple 24-7 for 70 years. Now listen to me. It is about praying without ceasing, but it's about discovering Messiah. Because what did she say afterwards? Now I can go home. Which means now she could transport out of the earth into the heavenlies. You understand that? She prayed until she was consecrated out of herself that she saw salvation through another person who's Jesus Christ. And what did 
Jesus save Anna from that she prayed in the same small room for 70 years for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Saved her from herself and from earth. It was about salvation from her soul and from the earthly confinement in that room. Okay? So if you understand Anna and Jesus in that parable, you can go through Jesus right away and pray no longer in the earthly, but from now on in the heavenlies. Because Jesus has come and he has risen. Most common phrase first century Christianity, he is risen, which means get your butt off the earth. Get off of the earth. He's risen. You're attached to him. We've found Messiah. He lifts your spirit. He lifts your soul. He lifts your brain. He lifts your flesh into higher realms because he is the resurrection. He has come to lift you. He's come to raise you. But if you're looking at yourself, even at your own prayer life, the completion of Anna's prayer life was when she saw Jesus in baby form. Now I can go. Little baby. Now I can go. Where is she going? To heaven. Now I can go to heaven. Now I'm not going to Abraham's bosom. Now I'm not stuck on this planetary system. Now I'm not down here in the dirt. Down here in the animal feces and urine. Now I'm going to heaven. It's a desire for heaven. What does the Bible say? Hebrews chapter 12. These champions of faith longed for a city that was not on earth. The whole purpose of prayer is to lift off into heaven. False Christianity is of the earthly. You're not going to find any person of faith from from Genesis to Revelation finding success in the earthly. False 10,000% of the time. The Bible says of everyone of faith in Hebrews 11, the world or the earth was not worthy of them, even though they hid in pits and caves. They longed for a heavenly abode. Okay? This is Christianity. Getting off the earth into the heavens. And you'll feel it in your heart. What is the mighty rushing wind of Pentecostal drunken glory? Fiery freedom of Acts chapter 2. It's I'm not on earth anymore. I'm not on the earth. I'm in the heavens. This is a temple of the seven heavens. This is a temple of the heavens. My heart is filled with the heavens. My mind is filled with heaven. My flesh is filled with heaven. I'm not earthly. The dust has come off me. You're not earthly. The dust and the dirt has come off you. You have been granted repentance in the Word of God. Oftentimes, the majority of the time in Scripture, the encounter with heaven, if you read the book of Acts, was through men who were sanctified who brought the gospel. You could pray in your own isolated deception for 50 years. Oftentimes, the Spirit of God will say, go back to that man Go back to that woman, you lone ranger devil, and do the last thing they commanded you to do 
by the prophetic word. God honors his prophets because it's through men and women as oracles of the temple of the river of the word of God, the kingdom advances. If you're disobedient to the temples of the water of the word of God, which is those who are sanctified, consecrated, made holy to the Lord, you will never have salvation any other rebellious way the rest of your lives. And so the church of Jezebel has options. You don't have to agree with that mean prophet. You don't have to agree with that stern, strict apostle. Here's all these other tables of, what is it, John the Baptist decapitated head that we offer to you at the expense of the prophets so that you can have your own rebellious false Christian will outside of obedience to the rank and authority of the command of the armies of the living God. Do you understand that? That's what Satan tempts you in 100% of the time when you're young in the Lord. It's not the prophet's way or the highway. That's just one opinion. No, any time you're under authority and you disobey, you're gone the rest of your life until you repent and come back under that authority. That's how all growth of all the kingdom of heaven of all time has always been. Truth anyhow. I am a man under authority. And I can see one who's under authority. Say the word, since I know your authority is directly connected to the Creator. This Roman believed in God by watching how submitted to authority Jesus of Nazareth was. Because that's a sign and wonder. When everyone's out here saying, I'm the best, I'm the leader, I'm doing my thing, my church is the best, all this other stuff. And it's all just boasting in the flesh. But when someone comes under the submission to the authority of the rank and title of the angel, I am whom I serve, which is an actual yieldedness of the temple to the living God and the angels of the living God who bring orders. What did Gabriel come with? Orders. What did Michael come with? Orders. And you yield and obey to the orders of the command of the rank of the angels of God. And you say, yes, sir, I will complete it. Be it unto me according to your word. Like every obedient love servant of God the Father from Genesis to Revelation. That is how you're under authority. That is how you grow in the anointing. And that's how you grow in light. That's how you grow in authority and in power and in dominion and might and honor in heaven. But dishonor in hell because now you're a man and woman under the authority of the ranks of the angels of heaven and you'll go through all the ranks of, of angels stars and their hosts which means natural and spiritual both in genesis 1. you'll have natural and spiritual rank and authority every degree you go from glory to glory from the day you're born again until the day you die or overcome death because that's the only possible thing down here hopefully you overcome death but I tell you I tell you what these people are so rebellious towards authority so disobedient towards authority and apostolic commandment making these things optional like I don't need to repent anymore gee whiz let save some parts of my soul for myself do you understand in Joshua's promised land expedition if you stored the treasure in your own tent of your own soul, which is representing the selfishness of the things of God, they were taken out of the camp 
and stoned to death by the people and buried under rigid rocks and rigid stones. Do you understand that's what the Bible says? Do you understand that's exactly what will happen to you by fallen angels if you break rank under the authority God has placed you in? Do you understand that's how people die and get sick, have car accidents, have demonic oppression, have all kinds of terrible things happen to them constantly? Jesus Christ said it's because of sin that bad things are happening to you. Go and sin no more, lest something worse happens to you to the woman caught in the act of adultery. Forgiven, cleansed. Oh, grace abounded. Only one time did grace abound. Jesus gave her one portion of grace. What kind of weird, hyper-grace Christianity do we have down here? Jesus, the master, gave the prostitute one portion of grace. You people apply fantasy grace to yourselves thinking it's God. It's not even God. Doesn't grace abound, Brendan? He gives you a portion of grace to overcome that sin. Yes. Does it abound if you don't overcome that sin? No. Your sin will kill you dead. Guaranteed. All sin leads to death. It's not a covering of sin. It's a removal of sin by the energy of grace. Grace is energy. Grace is power for obedience to get refined in areas of your soul where you disagree with the Word of God. Amen. How did the prostitute get delivered? How did she stay delivered? One-time deliverance, how many of y'all know that wouldn't be good for her? Jesus said next time something worse than being stoned to death would happen to you. Do you ever think about that? The Lord Jesus said to her, the next time you sin, and if you don't stop sinning, something worse than having Pharisees with huge rocks crushing your skull against rocks would happen to you. Do you understand? Jesus said something worse than death could happen to her? That's pretty crazy. I don't think you can even imagine that is. I think he was speaking of elevations in hell. Because you've seen God, heard God, and been given the grace of God, if you go back into sin, the degree of punishment in hell goes from Hades to Tartarus. You will be in a darker, more evil realm of hell if you go back. Because death can be measured. It's not just death. Hell can be measured. It's not just hell. It's degrees. You know that. It's called 33 degrees of hell. Y'all believe in that? Hell has degrees. So does heaven. All this all or nothing junk is just total nonsense. It's a lack of revelation. It's a lack of actual experience in prophecy. Jesus said to prostitutes caught in the act of adultery, something worse could happen to her than being stoned to death by Pharisees. Let that sink in. <laughs> Salem. Think about it out here in North Minneapolis. Something worse than getting shot in the head could happen to you if you go back into lust, if you go back into drugs, if you go back into pornography, if you go back into alcohol, if you go back into disobedience of any type and form. 
See, obedience in Laodicean Christianity is optional. Even amongst the charismatic cream of the crop that we usually have in this ministry for 16 years, disobedience is like optional because we just have mentorship in our charismatic church. Like, you're not the absolute authority over me. We call that cult. We're so far from kingdom Christianity that the apostolic and the prophetic authority, we think it's optional. A lot of people wouldn't take things optional from Bobby Connor or Bob Jones. That's true. They'd actually take it as law, which is wise. Because if a prophet is a real mature prophet, they're not giving you options. It's the prophet's way or you will certainly be destroyed. And I watched thousands of people believe that with Bobby Connor's word and Bob Jones' word. And I was raised in that environment where you honor the prophets, their word, and you get a prophet's reward. When you come out of the extreme realm of the obedient hundredfold of the glory stream, okay, we're talking about the realms of perfection in the glory stream, which is a remnant of the charismatic church. Okay? Bobby Connor, Bob Jones are glory stream. That is not a denomination. That is a description of an elevation of sanctification and a level of action and revelation that they're walking in under the sun. It's being faithful in Elijah. To say that there's a remnant on earth that's not faithful at an Elijah level is false. Is there a remnant on earth faithful at an Enoch level? No, non-existent. We need to go as the remnant of the glory stream, even pushing the envelope further than Bob Jones, who passed his bull hide down to us with Elijah, to go higher in a whirlwind of fire and glory into realms that Elijah can't even imagine. Okay? Realms that Moses would be stretched. Like Moses getting discipled by Enoch, there's something to wrap your heads around. Because that's pretty much where we're at right now. We got Moses, we got the grace of the Lord Jesus at the level that our spirit man's developed on the inside. We have the Lamb, we have the fulfillment of the law, we have the understanding of the scriptures, we have prophecy, we have signs, miracles, and wonders every single day. Every single day, signs and wonders. Black Friday event sold a hundred bottles of perfume but I had feedback from one precious person one person found gold dust in one of the sample bottles and you know what bottle they found it in first love <laughs> and you know you don't find me saying what about the 99 no I rejoice in the one amen that's so cool that there was gold in one bottle. I don't think about, oh, the 99 didn't get it. You don't sit out there in an orphan spirit. Why didn't I get gold in my perfume? You did get gold in your perfume. It's just still invisible. It's still invisible. Energy, the light of Christ, the golden glory, is just still invisible to you. But it's there. The gold's there. The kingdom's there. The kingdom is gold. The energy's there. The light's there. The angel's wearing gold. The angel's wearing gemstones. They're with you. It's there. Why is it revealed? God reveals himself at certain times to encourage or to challenge your faith. Oftentimes, there's no revealing to the natural senses because then you forfeit the rewards of your spirit. That's why. 
but sometimes when you're doing really really well or even really 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 bad the angel will appear to you or the sign and the wonder or the spirit world of the kingdom of heaven and the realm of his holiness will be revealed to you i've had realms of heaven revealed to me at my lowest point of discouragement when i was doing terrible not through sin but through persecution and everyone oppressing me and everyone lying about me and all of my natural resources destroyed and my car falling apart i've been at the lowest point in ministry and heaven and jesus christ himself physically came to me the great white eagle right outside the crack house here yep 2009 right after we moved in true story door fell off our geo metro cheapest junkiest car you know of a geo metro two banger i think it was a two-door coupe an old one i mean a 50 dollars car i had a 20 dollars car i've had a 50 dollars car this was the 50 dollars car i had the 20 dollars car the wheel axle came out on the freeway entrance and i had to grind the axle on the ground to slide it against the wall to not die at 60 miles an hour that was wild this was later that was my 20 dollars car story this was my 50 dollars car the door fell off and you know you could be complaining about it jesus i've sacrificed everything to you i've given my whole life every day i pray eight, eight hours a day i'm your anna i'm your boy out on the streets with the gangsters and ministering to all the gangs been carjacked i've been i'm doing everything you asked me to do i'm doing signs and wonders giving prophetic words to every muslim person that would possibly kill me down in little mogadishu for years shouldn't i be rewarded for all the things i've done for you you know the spoiled brat attitude we have when we boast before god like we've done something and we all have these places in our life i didn't have that attitude after serving him for two years in the war three years now full-time ministry after this door fell off i've been in full-time ministry for three years you have to have the same attitude that's in you that's in christ jesus you can never become a spoiled brat and expect god to just move because of your whimpering whining complaining and all the things that you did like you have leverage on god because i obeyed you so much for so many years now i have to twist god's arm god won't even show up who does wait to your pride your little toddler temper tantrums over and when you're done feeling bad for yourself are you done yet that's what i'll say you done yet can we move forward out of your selfishness out of your spoiled bratness now i'm speaking to everyone here this is the stuff everyone deals with in their stages of christ everyone deals with this stuff some never get over it some get bitter and just go to hell and are twice dead some learn righteousness some learn discipline some learn obedience some learn the nature of christ some develop integrity and humility some get over themselves most don't most never get over themselves we want to train this generation to get over yourself and get into jesus in your spirit and let the victory of christ blast through your hearts and blast through your brains and blast through your flesh jesus can't be discouraged if you still can and trust me they'll test you in this probably nothing like what i've gone through but you'll be tested if you can be discouraged if you can lose your joy if you can be manipulated by external things they'll get you you'll go into babylonian captivity the demon will get you every time truth anyhow they can manipulate anything externally in the realm of sin and darkness and unbelief in the shadow realm 
to manipulate you. But if you can't be manipulated by circumstances or anything externally, even starlight, skylight, financial stuff, relationship stuff, work stuff, anything, if you can't be moved by idols, everything outside your spirit is earth, idols. If you can't be moved by the natural realm of the magic arts of the Satans, you pass these tests and the invincible pillar of light will stand up on the inside after everything that can be shaken in you is shaken off of you. The part of you that can't be shaken stands up on the inside and you're delivered from the temporal realm of idolatry. Now your mind is based on the pillar of the temple of my God. Now you're overcomers of what? Your self-willed attitudes, your moral conflicts, and your boasting in works. Boasting in giving. You don't see anyone Cornelius's house. Peter comes up to the house. God sent me. I'm not even happy being at a Gentile's house. I'm unclean. I'm going to have to wash for like months after this. He didn't say, oh, but oh, I've given so much money. No, his heart was placed right before God. He had given millions, but it wasn't about, he had given so much, everything he had, he had shown God that his house was more important than his. That's how Cornelius positioned his house for the apostolic revival of the end times. <clears throat> no Gentile had it like Cornelius. You don't see anywhere in the New Testament. But Cornelius showed through sacrificing, <clears throat> sacrificing idolatry, that God's house was more important than his own. These houses of idols, you can feel them out there, idolatry is sorcery. Idolatry is the external realm lording over the realm of Christ in spirit. It's the smitings of the Satans against the spirit of the born-again believer. It's everywhere. Every broadcast I face it. Every single broadcast. And it's, it's horrendous out there. The fallen angels do not want you to learn this information. This kind of illuminated teaching will set you free. It's true. When you begin to receive apostolic and prophetic teaching that empowers your spirit and melts down your idols like the golden calf in the sand, and it kills demons, it binds demons, and it throws them down into the everlasting dead sea and the abyss prepared for them, by delivering angels loose loose in jesus name just let that stuff come right off you everyone watching online loose amen those that hear the recording watch the recording angels loose loose them in jesus name now rise by the power of the word of god and be filled with the seven spirits of god so you're not filled with seven times more demons amen your spirit will constantly conquer your soul stay an overcomer one time overcoming ain't enough remember final quest they reached the top of the mountain overcomers and they all descended back into the sand which is the story of the charismatic church and all the revivals of the charismatic church the last hundred years we've touched the things of heaven we have never been sustainable and maintained the things of heaven that's what changes by this higher teaching of enoch and it will be moses 
It will be Jasher. It will be Jubilees. Those books were taken out of the Bible on purpose by sorcerers of religion, sorcerers of false Christianity, because those books contain the secrets of righteousness to maintain revival, which has never happened in the history of Christianity. Never happened. Every revival ended. Why? We did not have a high enough teaching. That's why. The teaching was middle of the mountain or from people that touched the mountain. Tell me how you've gone to heaven. Lovely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And a round tree. I love it. Prophet of God. Love it. Tell me how you've gone to heaven. That's great. But that's church age. Kingdom age is tell me how you maintain seven heavens in your soul by the seven spirits of God constantly as the eternal temple in that flesh, that holy righteous flesh. Hello? Yeah, that's how. Maintaining a temple of the seven heavens of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in these seven interior castles and the castles are clean and swept and filled with the glory. Filled with the seven golden lampstands of the last day temple, which is the bride of Christ. Your hearts are being filled and circumcised progressively. Not a one-time deal. That's just a type and shadow. That's just a parable. The truth is, the wicks get trimmed daily. Understand the parable of the lampstands. When the wick is trimmed, the heart is circumcised by the Word of God daily. And any person that stops eating their daily bread or trimming the wick of the seven lampstands of your own heart and soul, they turn back and get worse. Why? Because they're no longer trimming their wick. They're no longer circumcising their heart. They're no longer using the sword of the Spirit in their own soul. Now their eyes are on others. They get into self-righteousness, comparisons, envy, strife, all the foolishness of religion that has no benefit to your spirit or the eternal realm of the third heaven. It's not even God. It's Satan. You need to learn as priests, you're all priests. What is a priest? Someone who can hear and talk to God and minister to God. In the Old Covenant, the priests, what did they do? They took the sacrifice and they gave it to God. They talked, communicated with God. We went to the priest. Why? Because we want to hear from God. The New Testament, the Bible says, every one of you born again are priests. So you talk to God. You walk with God. Amen. You can minister to God. You can speak to Him. You can relate to Him. You can walk with him. Amen. All of you have a better deal than any high priest in the Old Testament, including John the Baptist. What we need, new covenant understanding of the temple as the body and the priesthood by the Spirit. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. A wisdom of how to spiritually interact with God, John 4, 24, who is a spirit. And Jesus, the second Adam, who is a 
life-giving spirit. How do you relate to spirit? In the temple, in your own spirit. That is the place where you can talk to God. It's not your spirit that's God. It's God whose spirit that is communicating to you through the part of you that's like him, which is the spirit part of you. If your spirit is not ministering to God and serving God, you become workers of iniquity who sin in the spirit, which is the highest level wickedness in the universe. Okay? Your spirit has to always serve the Holy Ghost who conceived you in your mother's womb. The Holy Ghost did. You're born of the spirit and given water. Why? To serve the spirit. If you're serving any other spirit, any other natural thing, money, which is the Neanderthal spirit, which is idolatry, the natural realm, you're as lost as it gets. You cannot serve both money and God, Jesus Christ said. You'll love one and despise the other. So keep your hearts as wicks trimmed so that you despise money, unrighteous mammon. What about hating success? No, love the success of righteousness so that money, which is earth, will want to get under your oil and be as free as your soul is in Christ. What's the curse? Working for money. Are you working for money? You're under the curse. Is money working for you? You're under Christ. One or the other and there's nothing in between. It is that simple and it does work that way. Truth anyhow, you can practice that every day and a little more have the wick of the candle of your heart. Their heart is like a candle. Ecclesiastes 12, when the candle no longer burns in the eyes, which is called the death of the soul. Well, Ecclesiastes 12 says, the eyes of flashing fire, the soul of Jesus never dies. Revelation 1. So the candle or the light of the soul doesn't have to be extinguished. You need to learn how to practice eternal light in your youth. Don't waste any of your time burning for anything else in the garden. It's absolute insanity. You practice the presence of God. You practice the seven spirits of God. You have God's sevenfold Holy Spirit from birth. Now walk in it and use that energy for eternal things doing your Father in Heaven's will. It's not just for apostles in the tribe of Levi. It's for everyone born again. When you're born again, you have the ability to communicate with God in spirit and truth and to serve God with your whole spirit. That's how Paul grew. He progressively used his spirit to minister to God as a servant of God. You're going after false freedom half the time. I know, because that's charismatic bewitchment. We need to go after servitude. I'm going after slavery. You're going after freedom. I'm going after slavery. Completely opposite. I'm not looking for freedom from God. I'm looking at absolute servitude like a slave with no rights under his feet at his throne. And that's just the beginning stages of obedience. You have to have that attitude in all things to be a basic entry-level disciple of the kingdom of God. This is not advanced. This is the only way to begin serving God.
truth anyhow. So you have to give them your soul. You have to give them your will. And it's not burdensome. It's thrilling. The rewards are so high that it doesn't feel like a sacrifice at all. You'll never even consider boasting for all the things you've done to obey him. You can't. Because God is your great reward, holy to the Lord, written on your foreheads, sanctified and renewed of mind to serve God with your whole spirit. So obedience is automatic since you're born of God. You just simply grew up in his house and forsook the temptations of the houses of demons, which seems very reasonable and not too much to ask. But yet mostly that's all you have today is people serving the houses of demons and then claiming to be Christian and then self-justifying with or all kinds of junk that they do to self-justify nowadays and charismatic abominations. But they don't have one thing that God requires. Slavery in their spirit to His throne with all their brain given in, with all their heart and feelings and emotions given in, as a reasonable sacrifice to serve God as basic disciples that's practically unknown in American Laodicean Christianity right now, and that's the truth in you. Now, we have ideas of what obedience looks like from the great prophets of the glory stream, and they are great prophets of the church age. They are the greatest prophets of the church age. This previous generation of prophets is the greatest prophets of the church age. But the greatest of the church age is not even as great as the least of the kingdom age, I'll tell you the truth, which is what? God inside minded. Ones that are dedicating the whole last day temple of the human body in cooperation to the entire body of Christ as love slaves to Christ in faithful obedience without murmuring and complaining about anything because they're in love. Nothing is a sacrifice when you're in love. But if you're not in love, everything's hard. It's so hard to do anything because you just don't even like Jesus. Hello? You need to renew your vows to Jesus. You want to like Jesus, half of you. But since you don't know him very well, you don't, you're, not, you're not in love. So obedience is hard for you. Giving's hard for you. Working unto the Lord and not for man is hard for you. Not working for money is easy. Working for money is easy. Working for the Holy Ghost is hard. Why? Because you don't love Him. If you're in love, there's no sacrifice. Because when you're in love, you just guarantee, oh, obviously, that person just bought their, their spouse or their partner a car. They're not out there like, oh, the sacrifice for Christmas, and they're just complaining about it on Christmas Eve. No, they, they do the extravagant gifts because they like that person that much. Hello? Hello? Why do we have to have our arm twisted to do anything for the Holy Ghost? Because we don't like Him. <clears throat> you like evil spirits. And if it's not true, duck and let it hit your neighbor's demons. Amen. Since you're clear, let it go right through you. Unless, of course, you're not clear and it sticks to you because you have not yet repented from the love of the world to love Jesus. You can't love the world and Christ both. 
You'll hate one and love the other. You must hate idolatry. But God so loved the world. You can hear that demon right now. It's like a brood of vipers. You have to hate sin. You have to hate idols. You have to hate demons. You have to hate the kingdom of hell. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, hates the kingdom of hell. Doesn't mean you hate people. Hating darkness is loving people. You have to hate sin. Amen. The measure you love God is the exact measure that you hate darkness. You can tell how much a person loves the world by how little hatred and righteous indignation they have towards lukewarmness, sin, idolatry, love of money, even higher sins of sinning in the spirit, higher sins of counterfeit Christianity, higher sins of the false prophet, higher sins of deceptions of false agape and false love, which is the highest level deception that you deal with every day, even amongst this remnant. False love, false agape, human love, human ability, an abomination of true blasphemy. And you're guilty, and you need repentance unto true agape, otherwise you will not even go to heaven or have any rewards in heaven. And you'll still be earthly, unspiritual, and foolish, and worldly in the outer courts of heaven. You're not going to have a breakthrough when you die. You'll be the same fool in heaven that you are now. Truth anyhow. Grow in wisdom now down here. Sacrifice all the foolishness of the temporal realm. Gain eternal riches of eternal wisdom that work in your spirit today. The temporal realm is foolishness learn to practice the eternal realm your word is eternal practice the word what is practicing righteousness it's living in the experience of the word of god the testimony of jesus the spirit of prophecy anything else you're totally lost you're lost you think you're okay you're not okay you're lost if you're living in any other place other than the experience of the word of god you must repent repentance is constant your level of what you think okay is not god's standard of his throne the standard is the throne of god the father's level of his life and belief systems not yours your level is garbage you must have God's level, God's standard in Jesus' name. The Father is the plumb line. Jesus said it. Jesus spoke it. Jesus walked in it. Why do we have any lesser ruler upon ourselves? And it's not to beat you up. It's to impart into you the apostolic energy to walk in the same standard as Jesus Christ. That's the standard. You can all walk in apostolic Christian glory all the time in the experience of Jesus, but it requires a standard like Moses, like Elijah, like Enoch, like parts of the Bible that you don't want to read because it hurts your freaking feelings. Or it's really hard. Who can obey this teaching? It's so hard. They murmured and complained at the teachings of Jesus. 
because they were impossible in their current religious mental illness state. Madness, which is religious illness. And there's a measure of it on everyone, so be very kind and gracious with each other. In Jesus' name. There's a measure of madness, of religious illness in everyone. So be kind and gracious to the soul as it's getting burnt up. If people are making progress, I usually give people a thousand to a ten thousand chances of constant disagreement with the word before I'm like, you just got to go. You, you don't actually love Jesus anymore. There's no reason for you to be around. You've chosen Satan and principalities, evil spirits. It's usually hundreds and hundreds of times, and I always talk with them many, 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 many times. Understand that. You don't even have a clue what I do behind the scenes. Don't judge my leadership. That's the guaranteed destruction of your soul. We are doing this before the Sanhedrin of the third heaven. I don't take anything lightly. Souls and eternity is on the line for every person. And I take it super seriously. I do. I understand. I really get it. What's at stake is eternity and your destiny, your spirit, your soul. It's a big deal. And we're talking about the quality and the value of human lives. And I never take it lightly. We usually always speak to people many, many, many times before we say, you're not even interested in following God anymore. And that's always the case. I've never been wrong in these decisions of judgment yet because these judgments are not even from me. And some of you need to hear that because the demons are always getting you to question my leadership. And you turn back in your hearts, which means you've rejected the apostolic of the whole generation. You think that maybe later on you can go find someone that's not so harsh and severe. This is normal apostolic headship of the entire body of Christ. Understand that if you go out of the body, you go out of the head. You can't walk in the body by being in disagreement with the head of the body, which is a group of apostles. It's a group. And I've always had multiple pe people with me every stage of the way. Multiple. Whether you see it or know it is irrelevant because it's not about you. You need to get into the body, learn obedience, and do your part where you're at until your spirit is fruitful where you are. Planted right in the spirit, right in your home, like Anna, might be 70 years. What else are you going to do except obey God? Gonna get into sin? Get into darkness? What, does Satan have something for you? You still love the world? You believe in the world instead of God and heaven? What else are you gonna do with your soul except Jesus? It's all foolishness and madness. Ancient Hebrews understood that and practiced that before we even had the new covenant. But Christians are out here just tempted by a hundred bucks tempted by a thousand bucks an easier destiny some false prophetic fluff you know I watch these people that are principalities incarnate and now they're honored out there in Jezebel's Christianity as ministers some of the people that used to be in RLM 
I'm watching principalities use their temples and they're like paying for prayer, receiving prayer, sympathizing for prayer. The sins are so extreme and so gross when you reject apostolic authority in your life, you can't even imagine. It's like playing in a swamp of sewage. It's literally playing in sewage water. They have clowns for prophets. They have all kinds of people and teachers that will comfort their souls and give them what their souls and their selfishness desires. The sinners have created a kingdom of heaven. You know that? Sinners, Christian sinners, unsanctified, that have rejected circumcision of heart and daily trimming of the wick, they have created a counterfeit kingdom of heaven. They have created every single thing up to the very throne of God, which is nothing less than the throne of Lucifer, the red dragon. And people go into that kingdom and get rewarded for murdering me. Truth anyhow, the demons reward people for hurting me. They rejoice when they hurt me. They rejoice when they hurt other prophets, when they hurt and murder other apostles, when they destroy their ministries, when they slander their reputation, when they gossip and backbite and do all harm to the prophets and the apostles and righteousness and wise men and those that obey God faithfully with the hidden person of the heart against a Laodicean stiff-necked rebellious generation full of lust. It's through lust that they murder the prophets because they didn't get their pleasures satisfied the way they wanted to from God. Where's my rewards for helping you? Where's my rewards for donating to you? Where's my rewards for all this stuff that you preach at Joel's bar and all these things that the prophets are so strict about? See that? Their entire Christianity was about themselves the whole time instead of the Father. You think God doesn't know that? God sees the heart. God tests the heart. He likes those that are cheerful givers from the heart. Giving with all time. Giving with all finances. Giving with everything of spirit, soul, mind, and body, and ability, and hand, and head, and soul, and flesh. All of it consecrated wholly to the Lord for the Father. With everything you have, that is a reasonable sacrifice for entry-level disciples out of this Laodicean American Christianity. This is not radical. This is entry-level first-century apostolic Christianity. What's radical is your lukewarmness. What's radical is how opinionated and stubborn people are, and we are, against basic servitude to the Holy Spirit. It's not unreasonable anything he asks us to do. He's given us the energy to do it. Repent and obey with your whole spirit. Amen. Then you will go from glory to glory. Then you will have rewards. Whose rewards? The Messiah who served the Holy Spirit. Co-heirs with Christ. What is Christ? The servant of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Spirit of Truth. Let's see who serves the Spirit of Truth like I serve the Spirit of Truth. Jesus Christ said in the Bible. 
We're out here thinking we need to be served by ministers. Serve me, pray for me, pray for me. The Bible says you should be serving the Holy Ghost. Sit there in selfishness, wanting something from God. Give God your attention. Serve God. Get your eyes off yourself for one day and you'll have breakthrough. Start being real Christians. Spider likes that preaching. Yeah. Creation's rejoicing right now. My cat just barked. I love it. My cat is so filled with the glory. <laughs> the spirit of Daniel's lions is in Spider. Mm. Loud bark. I was shouting and I heard my cat bark over the shout. Rat, rat, rat. Love it. He's been doing that since 2009 in this place. Glory. We need, even creation is responding more to the holiness than believers are because of lukewarmness, callousness, and bewitchment. Bewitchment is what kills you Christians after you're born again of the Spirit and water. See, bewitchment is so severe that we still have a hard time believing Jesus is really in our spirit. That's the only way you're saved. There's no fire insurance unless God Almighty is in your belly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Woo! God Almighty is in Spider's belly. Oh, and he's reminding me too right now. He's out of cat food. Yeah. You know, my cat's spoken in English three times, yet we have a hard time speaking in cherubim. Think about that. My cat has spoken in the English language three times. We need to speak the languages of angels. Until your spirit is built up, you must become fluent in cherubim. Your spirit can do it. I know your brain's incapable. Good thing it bypasses your brain. The brain becomes a servant of the spirit when you pray in the spirit and serve the Holy Spirit, your master. If you serve the Holy Spirit and make the Lord your God, who's the Lord? The Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.18. If you make the Lord your God and serve the Holy Spirit of truth as your God, as your master, with all your spirit, then you will have a greater ability of your own spirit out of serving the Holy Spirit, which means upgrades in tongues, upgrades in all the gifts, upgrades in discernment of spirits where you can't be deceived by the highest level antichrist coming in the most perfect false charismatic glory stream drunken glory or whatever christ that could deceive you at your current level you can't get deceived by false agape anymore understand that false love of soul and flesh even spirit false spirit love false spirit ability cannot deceive you if you're serving the Holy Ghost with everything you have your gifts are upgraded you understand that you can't get deceived anymore which means you can't obey another master my sheep hear my voice if you are his sheep you don't obey any other spirit than the spirit of truth leading you where Anna into heaven I can go home now I have seen God, Christ in you. The hope of seeing God. Colossians 1.27 God in you. See God, the pure in heart. Purify yourselves. The word is what purifies you. Don't harden your heart. 
purify your heart with how intense or how hard the word is. The word's hard. It's called a rock of ages. It'll fall on you and crush you. Good. It needs to daily. Me too. There's parts of me that still squirm. Like, it'll be easier just to play PlayStation 5 today. Yesterday, listen, I still disciple myself strictly every day and I don't relax. I don't. My rest is in the Word of God. My intensity in the holy righteousness of Jesus Christ intensifies till the Word is buzzing like electricity and lightning through my soul and flesh. Then I go into the hot tub. Then I go into the sauna. Then I go soak and rest and listen in my listening room and and enjoy holy things in a realm of holiness after I've burned my soul, after I've burned my flesh. You can press in as much as you desire all day long. It's true. You can practice the presence of God and be burning up your soul and flesh and sanctifying your soul and flesh regardless of what your outer man is doing in the marketplace. In the past, because of my drunken anointing, which is the Jeremiah mantle against bad leadership, Jeremiah 23.9, people have said, it has to look a certain way. How can I be drunk and be professional in business? Well, if you had the drunken Jeremiah anointing, first of all, you, God would make a way since it is God. If it's you, you don't have to worry about it because it's not God and you just be yourself. If it's God, God will make a way. If it's not God, well, just there's no way. And just go back to you. God made a way. He made a way through the wilderness. That's why the drunkenness is so rare in its truest form as a needed level of sanctification of wine to accelerate DNA transfiguration for holiness especially in this Levitical calling of Moses on my life. I needed an accelerated 10-year drunken wine, Jeremiah 23.9, Song of Solomon 5.1, 10-year whiteout of Moses and Elijah physically coming into this room. When we moved in in 2009, two big orbs came in and people that weren't even seer prophets could see them. Saw two huge balls of light float right into this room. It was Moses and Elijah. And what'd they pour on me? White linen, liquid linen. Truth anyhow, the whole place filled up with laundry soap in this room in 2009. And I asked the Holy Spirit, why did these men in white linen pour liquid white linen on my head? To accelerate sanctification of your brain. Because there's so much sin down here upon men and women's minds, boys and girls' minds, we're not even angelic anymore. If Moses and Elijah didn't show up, the brain would quench the spiritual ability and the spiritual destiny from God. That's why angels are helping you inherit salvation, because you're so stuck in the flesh, you can't even see angels. You can't even hear angels constantly. Without angels, there's no upgrade in DNA to be with the angels, which is returning to the Garden of Eden, understanding the promised land of Christianity. You have to be constantly glorified by angels and beings that are not angels called the cloud of witnesses, men in white linen. They will intervene constantly 
if you're using your whole spirit to serve the Holy Ghost in what God has given you to do and what God has given you to do is totally different than what God has given me to do. You obey what God has given you. I obey what God has given me and we take up the part of our body and serve the Holy Spirit together and this body begins to conquer those things out there that are the embodiment of the fallen angels. You begin to conquer the Babylonian system. You begin to conquer the seven mountains of false Christianity. You begin to conquer evil Kabbalah and the sorcerers of politics and finances and militaries and warmongering and the highest level billionaire Bilderberg class and the 13 crowned families of the red dragon of the European nations of the deep state that infiltrates even the USA through Kabbalah Freemasonry of the synagogue of Satan. And that stuff gets eaten up. Our seven mountains will devour their seven mountains. But you have to know the seven mountains as the seven spirits of God for years of serving the Holy Ghost more than your own soul, more than your flesh, more than your family, more than your family, more than your business, more than your ministry, more than your calling, more than your gifts, more than anything. First love, where the gold was in the sign and wonder, Gold in the first love, BB Luxury Perfumes, it showed up because you must return and serve the Holy Spirit as first love. Other stuff will clear up quickly. All your relationships get glorified quickly. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then everything in your life comes into order. Business, relationships, marriage, friendship. Everything begins to work like clockwork. He restores the times. He heals the DNA. You go from glory to glory. But if you're not serving the Lord, and if holy to the Lord is not written on your forehead with a gold plate, as everyone in the new covenant has a gold plate of Jesus Christ written on their forehead, and you serve the Lord with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your flesh, with all your house, then all things can be added unto you because then you begin to understand righteousness, uprightness of heart, of making the Lord your God. Then you're holy on the mountain. Now you're on the mountain. Anything else from this level of holiness is sin to you. You can't stand it. Your holiness burns it up. It's not that you even run from sin at this level. Sin runs from you. It can tolerate this level of holiness. Holiness is Enoch's judgment. Holiness is the judgment of judgments. When you become holy to the Lord with your flesh and your soul given as a living sacrifice, serving the spirit of truth, which means you're growing in revelation. You ain't stuck out there with church age revelation. You're not stuck with a 10-year-old Bob Jones prophecy, an 8-year-old John Paul Jackson prophecy. You got today's prophecy. You got the 2022 razor-sharp lightning prophecy of the high priest of Israel. And you have no other standard except what God released today from his throne in you. That's what it means to be a member of the body. You get the daily 
throne room word as members in particular of one body that serves Christ. The bride is learning how to serve her husband and be submissive to her husband. And we are that bride if we honor and obey the Holy Spirit every day, constantly trimming our wicks, constantly circumcising more of our heart for more of him and less of us to be a better servant, a greater servant of his holiness, his righteousness, his wisdom, his power, authority, dominion, government, government excellence, and demonstrating in your part of the body perfection. You can do it right where you're at. Don't idolatrize me. You need to be right where you're at and you need to idolatrize Christ. Make Christ your idol. Lust after spiritual gifts. Make Christ in you, the living Lord Jesus, breathing upon you. Make him your God, your idol. Not a dead God and a dead idol. Like, what is it? The idols. <laughs> like the TV shows where they have all the stars and the superstars. What's it called? American Idol. That's what I'm thinking of. American Idol. Make Jesus your American Idol. That's reasonable, isn't it? American Idol. Make it a good thing, not a bad thing. Because you already got tons of idols. Make Jesus one of them that eats them like snakes in Israel, in Egypt, in Christianity, in your house right now. Amen. You'll be all these places at once. In Jesus' name. Your spirit start to spread out in that tent from serving the Holy Ghost. All these abilities are instant. Visions, instant. Breakthrough, instant. No more delay. Redeeming the time, restoring the times, restoring the things that the canker worm, which is the leadership of the brain, and all the demonic influence through the brain, and the leadership of potent sorcery pretending to be God and angels of light, all that abomination of Satan's seven mountain false kingdom of heaven, and Satan's seven mountain false Christianity, Satan's false charismatic Jezebel fluff and filth, and all that sewage garbage of false fire, false gemstones, false rewards, false obedience of soul and flesh, be totally burnt out of you, and you be consecrated today in a real American idol way to make Jesus your idol. And it's okay to call him an idol because he doesn't mind because he's not dumb or dull. He's really incredible. He has an amazing personality. He's genius intelligence, perfectly intelligent. He knows what you're thinking before you think it, but he still wants to hear from you. He still wants to hear out of your own mouth the words of agreement. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. Believe with it in your heart, which means serve him with your whole heart. Then you shall be saved. Keep doing that and you grow in salvation. Amen? Amen. We're going to get into all kinds of fun stuff this week. We just need to come out with a emerald staff of the Lion of Judah and just smite the confusion and bring everything into clarity to serve the Holy Spirit as love slaves. You know, we need to come back into basic entry-level discipleship to serve the living God in spirit and truth because half of you aren't doing it. 
half of you in daily discipleship are not even at the place of entry level discipleship i'm not gonna lie to you and it's not to condemn you it's to push you into a place where this is activated today is the day of salvation yesterday when you thought you were saved and thought you were right standing forget about it now there's a revealing and an unveiling how to more accurately serve the spirit of truth so that salvation becomes experiential with your soul and your mind and you don't have to self-justify and then go out of strife in your christian abomination fake relationships that are usually inside all your families too your families be totally glorified if you can get what I'm saying to you tonight. This is true and honest holiness that you can start practicing today. Serve the Holy Spirit as master and just make the seven spirits of God already in your born again spirit. Part of your spirit's probably lost and attached to idols and you're probably being siphoned like in a goo of a tub of goo like Neo in the Matrix. So stuff is going to come out. You need cleansing, you need washing until you're crystal clear and sparkling in your souls and flesh, in your DNA. And you're not there yet, so all kinds of junk is going to come out of you, but it's coming out. You're making progress. Amen. You're being washed and cleansed. Being made clean at this level is perfect flesh. True Vinia. Perfect souls, perfect flesh. When you serve the Holy Ghost, amen, because creation gets glorified. Spider likes that one too. There's an angel speaking through my cat. These are actual opportune times that the cat is saying amen at Joel's bar tonight. Some of you just think it's a cat. The cat is possessed by my spirit of holiness. You need to understand creation and flesh, DNA, longs for us to serve God in our spirits because then they get liberated. Stuff that's partially liberated wants more liberation okay the sun is partially liberated right now the sun wants more freedom as the manifesting sons of god god's own sons are revealed who serve the spirit of truth with their whole spirit the sun has a greater freedom in our spirit under our spirit that serves god's spirit god's spirit is on the throne we need to serve God on the throne in our spiritual stomachs with our whole spirit, then all creation can rejoice at the revealing of God's servants. In the Old Testament, to be a son was what? To serve your father. 100% of the time. These people in Laodicean Christianity all have father wounds, mother wounds, so they're just all at strife. They're so wounded from mommy and daddy, we don't even understand what salvation is. You have a new father and a new mother in your spirit. Serve them. Serve the Holy Ghost. Serve Jesus. Serve the Heavenly Father. Serve God in spirit. Amen. Then all the wounds of your animal nature, of your soul and flesh, are healed. You are healed as you serve the spirit of truth. As you obey the spirit of truth. As you follow the spirit of truth which is reasonable. If we don't have this down, you're never going to understand the prophetic and apostolic, the mysteries, 95% at Joel's bar, you still don't understand them. And you never will unless you get this foundational discipleship of God inside mindedness of kingdom age foundations. This has to be foundational. Amen.
Once it's foundational, I mean, the sky's not even the limit. Sky's not the limit. Sun's not the limit. Second heavens and all the 150 billion galaxies and stars are not the limit. You go higher than that. Garden of Eden's not the limit. God's throne's not the limit. You go higher than that. Higher and higher and higher. God wants to show you off as something higher than him. His royal diadem. He let his angels be on top of him. In ancient times, Satan was a covering cherub. God's so humble, he puts his angels on top of him. You can be higher than me. Amen. It's written in the Bible. We're so deceived, we got to be the highest. God's wanting to put you on top of him to show you off to go all the way higher than no one's ever revealed the heights that you're going to reveal through your souls and flesh. We're so surrounded by false humility of putting ourselves down, we don't even understand resurrection foundations. The resurrection, Hebrews 6, is a foundation before you even get into huios righteousness. Laying again, elementary teaching, baptisms, the laying on of hand, hands, and the resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead is elementary. Understanding rising by serving the spirit of truth in you that lifts you up is elementary. We don't have elementary apostolic foundations yet. We're going to get them. And God's going to redeem the times and there will be acceleration for all the days that were lost serving the carnal, na- the carnal nature. Serving the charismatic word of sorcery. Serving bewitchment. And you can feel it in this place. It's here. I'm confronting it, wrestling it in your own minds and in your own flesh and in your DNA. Right now, in this group, God wants you to change your minds so that there is a yieldedness to the Holy Ghost so the forehead is not resisting the spirit of truth but serving the spirit of truth so that your brain can be glorified and the demonic influence in your brain the charismatic sorcery of Babylon the Great the angels of light all the Kabbalah of the Satans of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in your brain is erased in your brain and you're saved in your brain with a golden plate on your forehead that says, Holy to the Lord! Holy! Amen. And then what? Autopilot. When this thing is submitted to your spirit, and your spirit serving the spirit of truth, your whole body goes on autopilot. God can pick up the pace thousand miles an hour you were just walking at a turtle's pace before but because now you're in the order of melchizedek the order of righteousness which is doing what's right now god can just turn up the river in you he can't before because you're out of order your head is over your spirit your your desires and your hormones and the animal and your senses are controlled by the world God can't turn up anything in you because God's barely in you. If you want God to turn up his light in you, you have to come into the order of righteousness, which is what I'm trying to impart into you for your temples to be in order. Then he can turn up light. Then you just go on a chariot ride the whole rest of your eternal life. 
Now it's just unlimited light, unlimited signs and wonders, unlimited angelic encounters, unlimited everything in an open heavens that is the same as Jesus of Nazareth in his ministry. And all of you will have that mostly in the marketplace. He wants to turn it up. He wants you to be successful and prosperous and healthy. He wants to magnify your business, magnify your ministry, to draw the Jews and the rabbis and the Rockefellers and the central banking system of the Jewish race to jealousy on account of your excellence. He'll do it with light, but you have to be in new covenant order. Without new covenant, order of righteousness, order of Melchizedek, God is limited to what he can do with you because of what you are right now in your sinful state, in your backslidden state, in your crooked evil hearts, in your crooked evil minds, in your worldly minds, Christian philosophy, seven mountains of Satan's filth in you. That's what's limiting you, the world in you. The world in your heart, the world in your spirit, the world in your mind, the world in your senses, the world in your flesh. If you get it out, the rewards are infinite. Can't even be calculated. The real mountains of gemstone. Far more than all the Bilderberg group and their hundreds of billions, even their trillions of trillions. You can't even fathom the rewards of those who love him. It is written. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. What God has in store for those who actually love him more than their own souls. If you love him, you serve him. It's not about suffering loss. It's not about demonstrating a sacrifice in front of my eyes. It's about being right and serving the spirit of truth here tonight. And the angels and the watchers and the stars are watching you. The real ones you want to impress. The angels of God's throne who give report on where your spirit is, your soul is, and your flesh is. They are only watching for your promotion. They are, they're rooting for you. They're infused with the love and compassion of the Father. They like you unless you turn your hearts evil and get into the Satans and the kingdom of hell. Then they'll hate you and they will kill you. And they will throw you into hell where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. Why? Because they see your spirit. They see your soul. They see your mind. They see your flesh. And they see the posture of your life. What you're a temple of in reality. They want you to make it through repentance. They want to bring honor and treasure to the Lamb of God through human souls. The watchers serve the throne of Jesus. And so do we. So we work with the seven archangels, the watchers of the second heavens, over all nations to bring a great reward to the throne of Jesus as a great harvest of Revelation 14, 14. White throne harvest, white sickle harvest, white crown harvest, white like glory, purity, crystal clear sparkling, virgin harvest, chaste virgin harvest, holy to the Lord harvest, harvesters, sanctified, purified by the Word of God and by enjoying serving the Spirit of Truth every day. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to serve you. I don't care what it is. As long as it's you, it's going to be awesome. 
and you have more and more experiences, thousands of experiences built upon thousands of more and thousands of thousands of more experiences. As you serve the Holy Ghost, you'll learn more about God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ every day in this temple of the Holy Ghost who's in you, whom you've received from God. You're not alone. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Let them be consecrated to serve as temples of the seven spirits of God and temples of the seven heavens of God and temples of the seven stars of God, temples of the seven lightnings of God, temples of the seven thunders of God. Then these temples will be revealed to the nations as the manifesting sons of God which is government of all nations, government of all economies, government of all businesses, governments of all money, governments of flesh, governments of blood, government of everything, because God has given us everything. He's just looking for holiness. All he's looking for, holy to the Lord, written on our forehead. That's the name of the Father. Holy to the Lord. Once it's written on your forehead, your whole mind and senses, your soul and flesh, sanctified, glorified to the Father, you'll have Raphael, Uriel, Gabriel, Michael encounters of the heavenly kind constantly. You'll have angelic encounters constantly. You will see angels ascending and descending upon your maturity as a son of, son of man and head of days constantly. He wants to make you a son of man. He wants to make you a head of days. He wants to make you an apostolic Christian. He wants to make you a prophetic believer. He wants to glorify you in the eyes of everyone. First, for the angels. Next, flesh, the eyes of the animals. Days of Noah. That's coming forth now. In the eyes of the animals they will see the angel-like sons of God, the children of the resurrection, the ones who have risen and have been perfect before fallen angels and holy angels, both tested and tried in both kingdoms constantly to only God the Father remaining. Therefore, he's not ashamed to call these ones weos, the mature government of his throne on the earth. That's what's at stake. That's what God the Father wants, and that's the whole process how to get it. Now go and do it and be blessed as you do it with the Lord, for the Lord, with all your spirit, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs>
there's no cap anymore in the treasury of the windows of the heavens, of the storehouses, of the ability of the stars, and how much money they can create for those that are obedient to serving God in His divine heavenly calling. But if you are not clear yet in your heart, in your soul, in your flesh, the tithe is for you. And you can tithe 20% as a principle. But you need a principle before you get ultra prophetic. Before you get mature prophetic, you need principles. Every single one of you, I know your levels of maturity, you need lots of principles. Principles are a good thing. Apostles always bring principles. The apostolic law is freedom. There's no bondage in it. It's not the curse of the law. It's the law of freedom to obeying Christian apostolic glory principles. The tithe of Melchizedek is a principle. Once you are in a much more mature state, perhaps in 10, 20 years, the Bible says it usually takes about 17 years, that's in the scriptures, to become principled, you go into mature prophetic. At that point, you're led directly by God. The seven spirits of God are all that are left in your soul. Seven stars of God, seven lightnings, seven thunders of God are all that's left in you. There's not even a human being anymore. You're no longer a spirit of a man. You're no longer a spirit of a woman. You're a spirit of righteousness. You are the spirit of holiness. That's when the name of the Father is written on your forehead. Truth anyhow. Until that point of maturity, which usually takes 15 to 20 years, you need principles, principles, principles in governing all Christianity of all the body of Christ. And it is for li liberty and freedom. These are good, holy rules. Amen. And they're everywhere in the New Testament. And you need to apply them to your life. We bring forth principles until you're mature prophetic. And your mature prophetic always will enhance other mature prophetic believers. Always. Because now you know how to perfectly advance the Father's agenda without any selfishness or sin. That usually takes 15 to 20 years of constant sanctification, of obeying the spirit of truth with your whole spirit. Truth anyhow. Until then, principles. Tithing is a principle. Apply a principle to your life. 10 20%. If you want to go higher than that, ask for a dream. Ask for a vision. Don't go into debt giving. Don't be foolish givers. Be wise givers that are investing in their future, understanding the banking system of the stars of God, Sun Bank, Star Bank, the treasury of heaven, all the golden gemstone of the seven mountains of God the Father's name, and you're investing in the kingdom as a banking deposit, storing up treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. See it as an investment, your heavenly treasure house, and that's where your tithe goes to in the heavenly realm of his glory through his word in Jesus' name. So we give out a tremendous revelation, understanding how money works with light in Jesus' name. Amen.
that we love the Lord is by giving. Amen. And we're going to sing a song about giving. And it's got some hand motions and I want you to join with me. Okay, will you do that? Here we go. Watch me. Give and it will come back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together and running over. Give and it will come back to you. When you give, give to the Lord. Help me out now. Here we go. Give and it will come back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together and running over. Give.
Okay. 